Welcome back to Far From Perfect. I am your host, Kylie Larson, and today Coach Lisa is joining us again. And while we are going to talk a little bit about perimenopause, the main focus of today's conversation is gut health because Lisa is now offering gut health coaching and we see a lot of issues with this. In fact, one of the reasons Lisa took this leap into becoming a certified gut health specialist was because she would start working with clients and realize that the issue is not nutrition related necessarily, but a deeper issue um, involving gut health. And in order to get the changes that you are seeking from your nutrition, whether it's to feel better or look better, if you're not digesting those nutrients properly, you aren't going to be able to achieve those goals that you have. So one of the big topics that we covered was um, this topic of gluten and dairy. Are they bad? And of course, you know what I'm going to say. No, they are not bad. But there are certain populations who want to consider how much dairy and gluten that they consume. So we talk about how long it takes to quote unquote heal your gut, what that process looks like, how to know if you might have a gut issue, and then talk about any supplements that you might consider implementing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, everyone. Well, Coach Lisa is back and it's been a while. Lisa, since you've been on the podcast, I'm trying to think what we talked about last. I'm pretty sure it was perimenopause. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) perimenopause is our lives. Lisa's on the other side of it. I'm in the thick of it. And it's so important. And you know what? Thank goodness we're talking about it. Right. Do you ever run into women that still don't know? Yes. And it's interesting just on LinkedIn yesterday, someone, you know, I worked with ages ago, made a post about like talking about perimenopause and she heard that it's like second puberty and like all these women started chiming in. I'm like, yes, (laughs) like it is. Nobody talks about it. And, you know, that's why I left my full-time job to, to educate people and, you know, put that out there because we just don't know. Nobody knows. I know. And it, it just baffles me because there's not a single one of us. Like if we make it, if we live long enough, we are going to go through perimenopause, but like, why, why didn't anyone clue us in? Where's the manual? (laughs) And we didn't get the book that we got when we were like 12 on puberty. Like we need the book on perimenopause. (laughs) And that's why you need Lisa. That's why you need revive. (laughs) So we can like give you the manual and you don't have to suffer or at least quite suffer as much. Well, I better back up. Like for anyone who is listening and you don't know Lisa, Lisa is a coach with Elemental Coaching. We've been working together since 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time. Uh, We don't live in the same place, right? Where do you live, Lisa? I am on the East Coast. I'm in South Jersey, right outside of Philly. And who are your sports teams? All the Philly teams, baby. All the Philly teams. <laughs> All the ones that are losing right now. <laughs> She's diehard. I love it so much. So, I mean, Lisa's been helping women with nutrition since then. And I feel like you probably, 
were focused on it even prior to that because of your own health journey. And can we talk about your own journey with health and wellness starting like as far back as you want to go? If you want to go back into bodybuilding days, that's cool. Yeah, I'll try to keep it high level. So it did start back um, when I was 18. I, you know, went in high school. I mean, I'm, you know, a short, curvy Italian girl. I was, you know, never overweight, but I was never super skinny. But, you know, this was the late 80s and I wanted to be super skinny. I wanted to have a flat butt and that just wasn't me. So I was always self-conscious, that body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. And so when I turned 18, I decided basically because my boyfriend was into lifting and bodybuilding. You know what? If I can't become as small as I want to be, I'm going to become as big as I could be and start a, you know, training hardcore, like the only girl at the gym with all the guys and, and, you know, start it with bodybuilding, but again, still complete body dysmorphia going on there, you know, kind of disordered eating. Um, but, you know, fast forward, I'm, you know, now a mom, I'm still lifting. I've always lifted, you know, not, not truly progressive overload the way we do now, because I know better, but, you know, still worked out the entire time, still focused on protein. Um, and then once I, when I was approaching 40, I wanted to be able to rock a bikini mm -hmm. and, you know, really dove back into tracking things. And again, still not fully knowing macros, but you know, the whole thing, mm -hmm you know, kept up with that until I started hitting perimenopause and didn't really know I was hitting perimenopause, you know, the, the belly gain, the moods, all of that stuff. And, you know, around that time is when I found lift to get lean and learned about macros and learned how low my fat loss macros were. <laughs> that was shocking, but, you know, learned about macros and that sparked me to really actually pursue education in this, because even if I was going to be my only client, I wanted to know. So pursued precision nutrition and, you know, it, it kind of went from there and, you know, getting on the other side of perimenopause, mainly through lifestyle choices, you know, moving, lifting. Now I know how to eat properly, macro wise, eating the right amount, um, you know, seeing how impactful that was. Mm -hmm. It really is impactful. I know like we are going to talk about supplements today and we're going to talk about the gut, but you really can't, you can't skirt your way around all of the lifestyle stuff. And I know with Lisa's gut coaching, like it, you are, you, I know you're focused on lifestyle. I know you're focused on mindset. I know you're focused on stress management. Um, and we will dive into all of that, but I want to also talk about, so what, why did you decide that you also wanted to incorporate the gut health stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, again, back to just wanting to learn, I was dealing with some gut things, nothing major, but, you know, as I learned more about nutrition and after precision nutrition, I pursued, pursued holistic nutrition, you know, really wanting to know more about that. So I had worked with someone on my gut, you know, did the whole stool test, the protocol, the supplements, and, you know, just seeing the difference that it made for me, you know, kind of nudged me to like, yeah, because I just wanted to know why, like, why are you telling me to take this supplement? Why are you like, what does it do on my body? Like, I just didn't want the the protocol. I wanted to know all the whys. So that kind of led me to, okay, what's my next certification going to be? What am I going to learn about? And it became the gut stuff because I was just so motivated by our clients. Like it kills me to watch so many of them suffer with gut stuff and I can't help. Yeah. So, you know, those two things combined just because I wanted to know and I wanted to be able to help led me to pursue the holistic gut certification. So now, 
you know, because we know the power of lifestyle, we know the power of nutrition, mm -hmm. we can help people heal, heal their gut. Now I'm not a medical doctor by any means. I'm not providing medical advice or treatment, but there is so much you could do with lifestyle and food mm -hmm. on your healing journey. Well, and I'm so glad that you brought that up because I mean, this truly was the case. Elisa is an amazing coach and she's helping our clients, but this seemed to be like an overarching theme. She'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm making up these names. Sarah has this going on. And then Barbara has this going on and Nancy has this going on and it's not macro related. Like there are some things that macros aren't going to fix. A calorie deficit won't fix. Lifting weights won't fix. And I'm so glad that you decided to pursue this. So with those clients and in general, what is it that you were noticing? You were like clued in, like, I think Sarah has got gut stuff going on or what should people be looking for? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're doing all of the quote unquote, right things, right. Mm -hmm. You're, you're eating your protein, you're eating the right amount. You're getting your workouts in, you're moving throughout the day. You're focusing on sleep and stress and, you know, your body's not changing. You know, I know you always say like, you know, a healthy body is a flexible body or, or something like that, right? Like if your body is not going to release fat, there's something else going on. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're someone who every time you eat within an hour, you're bloated or you're worrying about where the bathroom is. Like these are all signs just because something might be normal for you doesn't mean it's optimal. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, common doesn't really mean normal. So we want to really get someone to a good spot. And we always know, even with like our nutrition clients, you know, you don't know how good you can feel until you actually feel good. Yes. You're, most people are just used to feeling crappy because that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. Well, with your journey too, like I, I, I remember when you were going through your gut healing stuff, what were you noticing yourself? Yeah. My big things, um, skin, I, you know, mm. horrible, horrible acne. And I knew, you know, after trying all sorts of things topically, I knew I had to heal it from within. Um, and, you know, of course we're talking about gut stuff. So nothing's TMI. So I was realizing that even though I was going number two, multiple times a day, I was never fully eliminating. Mm -hmm. And so that's actually a sign of constipation. So, you know, you don't want all that stuff backing up things that need to be out, need to get out. So those were the two things I'm like, all right, let's, let's see what's going on. And then I learned, I actually had an H. pylori infection on top of that. I had no idea because I didn't have any major symptoms, yeah. um, probably caught it early. So, you know, I had to pull, you know, dairy and gluten out of my diet among some other things while we were healing my gut. In addition to, you know, some whole food supplements really focusing on managing stress because stress just makes everything worse. It's like throwing up, you know, a match on, on the, you know, the, the dry leaves or whatever it might yeah. be. So, and it, it takes time, you know, it took a little bit of time, but eventually I was able to add a lot of the foods back. I still can't do dairy and gluten, but mm -hmm. I was able to add back other things that I had to pull out at the time just because my gut was not in a good spot. So everything was starting to bother it. So well, that's someone too, if you notice like your list of foods you can eat, keep getting smaller and smaller, that's a big red flag. I love that. I want to talk about that in a second. Like um, I've gone through gut stuff two times, two times. Um, also, mine always seems to pop up when I go into a fat loss phase. I don't stress. think that's coincidence. Nope, stress. <laughs> stress. 
Um, but what, no, speaking of TMI, like what I noticed was, I mean, it was smelly farts. It was just like clear the room, smelly <laughs> farts. And I was just like, this can't, this cannot <laughs> be right. But then also the, the bloating, just like yeah. never, even in the morning, not feeling, you know, it's, it's not, it's like a regular after you eat a meal and your stomach sticks out. Like that's totally normal. Yeah. But this was just like, mm -mm. And yeah, it took both times. It took at least, well, the first time, nine months, right? Because like three yeah. to kill, three to inoculate or three to reintroduce bacteria and then three to like optimize, I think. And that was with consistently taking supplements and following stuff. I didn't have to get rid of gluten and dairy. I don't know why. Maybe she told me to, but I just was like, I can't do that. It was kind of obvious with my skin that we needed to remove yeah, yeah. those things. I didn't have that thing in this. Well, <laughs> since you brought up the gluten and the dairy, uh, when I asked the question on Instagram, there were two people that asked the question and both of them were curious, like, do I need to be eliminating gluten and dairy? And I took it as like, I'm just a normal person. Are gluten and dairy bad? That was the way I interpreted the question. But can you just have a conversation around gluten and dairy and like why you had to eliminate them? Yeah. So, I mean, both gluten and dairy tend to be highly inflammatory foods for most people. I'll just say, if you are someone with an autoimmune disorder, you need to be, most people need to be pulling out dairy and gluten. Gotcha. Um, and I had, you know, one of my friends who does have an autoimmune, she's like, well, what if I get the, the lactose free things? I'm like, it's actually not the lactose. That's the, the bad part for you. Mm. It's the casein. So oh. most people with autoimmune want to avoid dairy and gluten anyway, but regular people, it depends, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're curious how you'll feel, you can always pull them out for a month mm -hmm. and then reintroduce one and then the other and see if you notice anything. Yeah. Some people do realize, like, I didn't know I really was bloated until when I pulled them out. I always like to tell the story, you know, my, my double D boobs went down to like a B. Like I had no idea. I was all like, I cannot even imagine you with double D boobs, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. I'm like, oh my goodness. And that was like, after probably like four to six weeks that, you know, the inflammation came off that I didn't even know I had. So it could be like, if you're curious. Yeah. And what's four weeks? Four weeks is really nothing. You know, it is just hard because they're in so many different things. Like you have to get really good with reading food labels and thinking about how things are cooked, right? Like as I had one client with autoimmune, she knew she couldn't do gluten. Um, she might've been celiac and she would go to a restaurant and order like a plain burger, you know, no bread, except restaurants will make a burger with breadcrumbs and filler. Mm -hmm. No, it, you know, I would make it at home, just a bunch of ground meat and like grill it, but that's not how they make it at a restaurant. So, you know, always thinking ahead, like, oh my goodness. So it could be a lot, but once you get used to it, mm -hmm. it's really not that hard. And there really are a lot of options to eat, mm -hmm. but it could be, if you're curious, try it. See, see if yeah. you feel better. It could be one of those situations where you don't know how good you can feel until you feel good. Absolutely. Well, and back to that gluten conversation, you know, my husband has celiacs and Maybe they're not even adding breadcrumbs to the meat, but they're cooking the grill on the same grill where they toast the buns. Yeah. Like if you have celiacs, you have to be that careful. We have two toasters in our house. We have two pans that we use for different things because 
if he gets glutened, it is so, that's what we call it. You know, if he gets glutened, it is so uncomfortable. And I don't think if you have just, if, if you don't have celiacs, I don't believe you need to be quite as like on top of things. But if you do have celiac and you're wondering why am I not seeing these symptoms go away, that's what it has to look like. Like we, I have to take very good care to make sure I don't cross contaminate stuff in our house because it's just, it's an issue. Going out for him can be challenging if he doesn't say I have celiacs, like I actually have the thing because the kitchen, especially where we live in Denver, it's pretty normal. Like people are used to saying things about their food, but then the, the staff can say, okay, we'll cook your food over here on the gluten-free grill rather than the grill that gets all the other stuff. Yeah. Well, and Lisa, I, people do this all the time too. They do think once they have to eliminate gluten and dairy, that like their life is over and granted, do I want to do it? No, I don't. My life is very easy because I can eat gluten and dairy, but you're making it work. You hit your macros. You eat enough protein. What, how do you make it work without gluten and dairy? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the biggest, the hardest thing, if you're someone who eats a lot of Greek yogurt, cottage Mm. cheese to hit your protein, there really is no dairy free substitute. Like you could get coconut yogurt, but if you want the protein, you're still gonna have to put a protein powder in it. (laughs) Um, so, you know, if, and, and cheese, like, you know, not that cheese is protein, but there's not really a great, a great dairy free cheese, No, but gluten-free options. I mean, there's tons of them. Some Mm. of them, I mean, for me, I feel like I really haven't found a gluten-free bread. That's yummy. Like if I really want bread, I'll actually make it and, you know, put, you freeze the rest of it. So then I have it when I want it. It's really easy to make some things. Um, but there's, there's so many options. Like, okay, if you can't have, you know, regular pasta, there's gluten-free pasta. If you can't have milk, you can have oat milk, almond milk, coconut milk. Like, I feel like the milks are all pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of, that goes back to mindset instead of thinking, I can't have this. I can't have that. I can't have that. Like there are all these things over here that you can have. And again, think just thinking from an abundance mindset Mm -hmm. instead of, I can't have this. I I mean, I think that's such a powerful point and I'm glad that you brought it up because I understand like that task of taking those things out is daunting and it's a change, but then you also have to go back to, but how much better could I feel? Like, do I want to keep complaining about how my tummy hurts and how my tummy sticks out and how my breasts are tender and I'm breaking out? Or would you like to make a couple adjustments? And like, I, I feel like it's worth it. I mean, Lisa, do you feel like it's been worth it? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, to be honest, there are times I will consciously make the decision. Yes. I want this. And, you know, I'm okay with whatever consequences there might be. Like I've noticed I'm probably a little bit more sensitive to gluten than dairy. Like I could take a dairy enzyme and pretty much be okay. I love ice cream. Like Mm -hmm. on vacation, I'm having real ice cream. I'm not having, you know, coconut ice cream. Like I'm having the real thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just recently I went out to dinner with a friend and we went to an Asian place and they had teriyaki. And I'm like, oh, I love teriyaki that has gluten in it. I'm like, I'll be okay. I lived with those consequences for a week of being like bloated and a little constipated. Um, will I go back there and get that again? No, I'll pick something else, but I wanted it at the time. So yeah. I own that decision. Right. Yeah. Isn't that so funny? You're like, I'm going to do this. But then the whole week you were like, oh, the teriyaki. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. 
But that's one of those things too. We didn't know teriyaki had gluten in it until like when Pat got his diagnosis, then we had to start reading all of the labels. And to be honest with you, having this knowledge, it's very empowering. Now, like I can turn a food label around and look for the things that I need to look for. I just feel like, you know, just like perimenopause, we need to be informed about what are we consuming? Yeah. And that's a bigger conversation of us taking our health into our own hands, but (laughs) it's a conversation worth having. So, but back to gut stuff. Yeah. What does it actually look like? Let's do this. Let's pretend I am working with you on nutrition, Lisa, and I'm in a caloric deficit. Nothing is changing. And my stomach is just a mess. My, I'm not going to the bathroom every single day, but I feel bloated. I've got stinky gas. Clearly I've got gut stuff going on. What? What does the process with you look like from there? Yeah. So, I mean, someone has two options, right? We could, we could do a gut restoration, right? We could pull, we could do a brief elimination diet, pulling out the usual suspects. We can use some whole foods. We can use some good quality supplements to try to heal the gut and then optimize the gut, slowly reintroducing foods. See if that was it. I mean, for some people, it just might be your gut needs that little bit of a break to calm everything down mm. and move forward. Or if one, if you do that and it doesn't help any, or if you're someone like us who wants to test and not guess, like, just tell me right now what's going on. Like, I don't want to play around. Just tell me. Yeah. Then you could do the stool test and I have access to everything from microbiome labs. So they do a functional microbiome analysis. So we would I'd get a report back, not just who's in your gut, but like what functions are they doing? Like, are they producing the right amount of short chain fatty acids? Like how are you metabolizing estrogen? Is it, is that going out there? You know, who's in there? Do you have the right ratios? So you can really see like who's in there, what they're doing, and then find ways to optimize the good guys so they could push the bad guys out. The first step of any kind of protocol is you have to make sure your elimination pathways are open. Mm. You have to be fully eliminating every day. So I know the last time I went through a protocol, that was it the first month. I think I wanted to dive in and like, let me take this. Nope. Just, you're going to work on getting everything open, getting everything out because you don't want to start potentially killing things off that then can't get out of your system. Your body will reabsorb them and just make things worse. So to be clear, I need to make sure I'm going poop every single day. Is fully that- eliminating. Like fully not like eliminating. Yep. You go and you're like, okay, no, I'm done. I'm empty. Wow. Every day. At least once every day. I mean, because we're eating multiple times a day, but right. at least once. And for most people, that's usually like the early morning, uh-huh. maybe after breakfast, maybe after your coffee, out the door. <laughs> Yeah. Like people don't, I don't think people understand the importance of going to the bathroom. And that's a big red flag if you're not. Yeah. So everyone listening, if you did not go poop yet today, make sure that you do. We got to go poop. This is what Lisa and I talk about all the time. (laughs) And we're not teenage boys. It's just like. I used I used to think about when I worked in an office, like, you know, you'd see the guys go to the bathroom with their newspaper back in the day and like not come back for a half hour. Meanwhile, like when nature called, I'd be like rushing, like, is there anyone in here? No, like, let me hurry up and go. Like, that is not how you go. That's how you remain constipated forever. Like when you, 
you're stressed out, think someone's going to walk in and God forbid, like smell it or like notice your shoes and know that's Lisa in there pooping. Like you're, you're not going to be having quality bowel movements. No, you have to go to the poop bathroom. <laughs> Every office needs a dedicated, dedicated poop bathroom where you, it's understood, but back to your story. So I was a receptionist for a while. And this was when like people always had receptionists. And so I was at the front answering the phones right by the front door out to the bathroom. I knew everybody's bathroom schedule. And yes, I'm going to even say his name because he was not nice to me. Bill Mold. <laughs> Bill Mold would always go to the bathroom with the newspaper for at least half an hour. Oh, But I bet his gut health was great because everything was coming out. <laughs> Good for Bill. <laughs> So then I'm going to the bathroom every single day. Okay, I've got that part going on. Yeah. Then what happens? Yeah, so I mean, let's just say, you know, we did the stool test. We know what's going on. You know, for first month, we'll work on making sure everything's fully open. And then we can, if there are pathogens like H. pylori that we need to kill off, we could work on that. Really optimizing the good guys there. Because if mm. we boost up the good guys, they will push out the bad guys. You know, they'll, they'll be able to take over. Um, it's funny. My, my microbiomes rep, microbiome lab rep used this analogy. Think of it like you're at an office happy hour. In the beginning, everyone has their drink. Everyone's on their best behavior. Things are going well. Then as the night goes on, management leaves, people start drinking. People start, you know, getting loud, getting flirtatious, maybe fighting like the bad seeds are starting to take over the night, right? So that's, that's what can happen in your microbiome. Like given the right conditions, the bad guys are going to like be the partiers taking over and the good guys are going to be like in the corner being quiet. That's <laughs> a great analogy. <laughs> Who are the bad guys? H. pylori? Or is only bad I mean, if there's too many of them? Uh, yes. I mean, so, I mean, we probably all have a little bit at some point, but yeah, having too much of that candida, we all have candida, but like, you don't want to have too much of that. Mm -hmm. And then even, see, I'm terrible at saying that the bacteria's names, there are, we should have quote unquote bad bacteria in our yeah. gut. Like the optimal ratio is 80% good, 20% bad gotcha. because they all have functions to perform. Like even the bad guys perform some functions that we need. Mm -hmm. It's just when the ratios are out of whack, like most people on the standard American diet have 80% bad bacteria and 20% good bacteria which is where all these problems are coming from. So what you're saying is everybody needs to do this. <laughs> Everyone should at least be paying attention to what they're eating. Mm -hmm. And because we know the quality of our food system is not what it once was, most people could probably benefit from some type of supplementation. Yeah. Not saying anyone needs to go be like me and be a supplement junkie, but yeah. <laughs> that there are, you know, a good quality probiotic and, you know, among other things like fish oil, you know, could really help optimize your gut health. Yeah. I like, I'm, I'm super sensitive to like people spending money on things these oh, yeah. days, but like, if you really are not feeling well, I do feel like this is an area just like nutrition coaching. I feel like any money spent on nutrition coaching is money well spent. Also, if you are not feeling well, any money you can spend on actually feeling better, getting to the root cause is also money well spent. I mean, if you have the income where you can just find out, like also that would be absolutely amazing. Like I would love to do this 
once a year, twice a year, just to see how things are going. Um, and maybe some people are in that position. But based on everything you just said, like the likelihood of our ratios being out of whack is very likely. Huh. And I think in addition to, you know, thinking about supplements, so supplements aren't like drugs. Mm. They don't work instantaneously. You know, you take an aspirin, your headache goes away. Like, yeah. <laughs> supplements don't work that way. And, you know, it takes time to, you know, heal and reset the gut. So supplements, you'd have to be on a little bit longer before you maybe notice something mm -hmm. and you have to be actually like religious with taking them. Like, yeah. oh, I took them today. No, I forgot for two days. Like that's not really going to help either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also if you're not focusing on lifestyle either, if you're still a stress case, if you are someone like me, I would eat my breakfast in the car in rush hour on the way to work, trying to get there. And then I would eat lunch at my desk while I'm answering emails and like trying to rush to the next meeting. You know, that lifestyle isn't helping you digest your food any, it isn't, you know, you're not absorbing your nutrients. And if you're in a constant state of stress, as we know, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just going to jack up everything in our body. Like we're going to be in a constant state of inflammation, which will start a cascade of all sorts of issues. I know. And just, even as you say that everything you just said is the reality for like, I would probably guess most people, you know, I, I just, I had to take my son to school today because the bus was canceled and I saw everyone going to the, to their offices and I know they're eating breakfast on the way. I know that's what their day is going to look like. And it's kind of like everyone is not as healthy as they could be, but it's really like no mystery as to why. Why are so many people overweight? Well, why is everyone bloated? Well, and what stinks is we can we can actually change this. It doesn't stink, like, but there's things that we can do that help can help us feel so much better. Yeah. Wow. So since you said the S word supplements and you mentioned probiotics. That was the other question that was asked. Are there any like must take supplements? Anything that you're like, actually, this is a decent use of your hard-earned money. Yeah, I would say, first of all, there's nothing someone must take, cool. right? Okay. I mean, unless a doctor told them yes. to, right? But I mean, I would never tell someone you must take this. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some supplements that I would say most people would benefit from. A good quality probiotic. And it's interesting, my thoughts on what that means has changed mm -hmm. since I've gone through this certification. I used to think, oh, you need a refrigerated probiotic. They're the better ones. Yeah. Except when you think about it, most of the time it wasn't cold when it got delivered to my house. <laughs> so, okay. I put it in the fridge, it gets cold. But as soon as I put it in my 98 degree body, it's no longer refrigerated and it's definitely not surviving my stomach acid. So that really made no sense. So the probiotics I, I use now, they're spore-based. So they are in a hard endospore and they could survive the whole intestinal, you know, your digestive tract. They could survive your gut, you know, your, your gut, your stomach acid. And once it gets to your gut where it needs to be, then they'll come out of their spores and like do their thing. They might, you know, they could be providing food for the good guys. They could be producing short chain fatty acids that the good guys need, that your microbiome needs. So I feel like if you're going to do a probiotic, a spore-based one might be the way to go. I feel like everyone can use vitamin D. I feel like mm. most of us are not getting enough sunlight. We're covered in sunscreen. Like we're not absorbing the vitamin D. Mm -hmm. And vitamin D is so important. It's the only vitamin that our body can make. Like that's how essential it is for our human health. Um, I would probably say fish oil because 
it's really good for um, limiting inflammation in your body. Mm. Um, they're probably the big ones. I mean, I could always go on a list, but I feel like those are some pretty solid ones that if someone's looking for what should I be taking daily, they might be good ones. For the fish oil, is there a certain place that I should be looking for this and not be looking for this? Like, can I go to Walmart and get fish oil? <laughs> so, you know, you always get what you pay for, right? I would not be getting my supplements from Walmart, from Rite Aid. Yeah. It depends on Amazon. Like it depends on the brand. Cause I know sometimes brands are, are good ones are actually sold on Amazon, yeah. but um, you really want to, you know, kind of do your research. Are they made from whole foods? Like what are the ingredients? Are they you know, certified by, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're going for like the cheap, you know, the cheapest one you could find, save your money. Same with nutrition coaching people. <laughs> yeah. You always get what you pay for. Yeah. You get what you pay for. Okay. That's super helpful. Um, I need to talk to you more about the spore based because do they have to go through someone like you, a practitioner to get spore based or can I go to Amazon? It depends. So like, obviously I'm biased, right? I've gone right. through all of microbiome labs training. I understand what goes into it. They are pharmaceutical grade supplements. So mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to post my link out there for the world. Sure. Um, you could come to my website and get the link. You could add, you know, DM me for it, but like, be because they want someone to act somewhat be working with you. Like, um, but there are other companies that have spore-based ones. I think Thorne might have a spore-based probiotic I, I heard recently. Cool. Yeah. Because I had never heard about spore-based probiotics until you started telling me it made perfect sense. Cause I thought the same thing too. If I'm getting my probiotic out of, or my probi probiotic out of the refrigerator case, well, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Made sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Learn something new every day you have. So it's like if you're listening to this and you don't know any of this, that's okay. Because there was a time when we didn't know this either, but now we know it and we understand how important it is. Now, the other thing we want to talk about is, well, let's talk about how long it takes. So we talked about consistently taking the yeah. supplements, reducing the stress. Am I going to feel better in a month? Probably not. It depends. I mean, yeah. it depends, right? So my one client, felt better in a month just removing dairy and gluten. Mm. Right? She automatically started to feel better. Um, but I mean, your your gut health didn't deteriorate overnight. So it's not going to be optimized overnight either. I'd say a safe estimate. Most people tend to start really feeling better around three months. But again, it also depends like how many issues are we dealing with? How long have you been dealing with these issues? I mean, it could take close to a year. Um, I know one of my nutrition clients, um, she's been working with someone else on gut health for a while. She's been dealing with SIBO for like three years now. So, and she's still struggling. SIBO is a tough one. So, you know, it varies, but it means, like I said, my one client just pulled dairy and gluten out to start with. And was like, wow. So, you know, just never know. We're such individuals. Yeah. But bottom line, just be patient. I feel like I just sent an email today out about being patient and actually last email last week's email was also about being patient because like we just want everything to work so quickly and the minute it doesn't work well it didn't work for me well yeah. these no no these supplements aren't for me I can't meditate that's like no you have to give it time like you're not going to meditate once and all of a sudden be enlightened you yeah. don't take a supplement once and all of a sudden you don't have IV or you know you don't have SIBO yeah. like just we gotta gotta slow down yeah, change down. takes time. Yes. Weight loss takes time. 
speaking of, let's uh let's con- let's meld the two topics together. Yeah. So Lisa and I work with women and their body composition changes all the time. How is someone's gut health impacting their ability or inability to reach their physique goals? Yeah. So, I mean, just easy to think about if you're someone who's bloated all the time, you're not going to have abs, like you're not going to see them. (laughs) They might be under there. Right. So, um, you know, lots of ways, if you're not properly absorbing your food, because we always say food quality matters, but if you're not digesting your food and absorbing the nutrients, you know, you're, you're not going to have the the right nutrients to be able to build and repair your muscles. You're not going to have enough energy to actually do the workouts, try to build the muscle. Um, you know, if you're feeling bloated and sluggish, you're not going to really want to go work out, go to the gym. Like you're going to want to just sit on the couch and feel crappy. So, I mean, they're, they're tied together so much. I mean, and I don't know if you've ever heard about some of those studies where, they take the stool from like one mouse and put it in another mouse. I mean, so having the right bacteria in your gut, I mean, if they, when they put the stool of the the fat mouse into the thin mouse, the thin mouse got fat. Yeah. Vice versa. So, you know, having the right types of bacteria in your gut can really help or hinder weight loss. Yeah. uh, I don't remember. I'm trying to remember where did I read about this? And it was a mother and a daughter that did it. The mom needed I called a poop transplant. Yep. Mom needed a poop transplant because she needed the daughter's bacteria. But that's exactly what happened. When the mom got the right bacteria in her gut, then she was able to shed the weight. It's not that we're saying you all need to go get a stool transplant, but. Right. No, Lisa and I are not going to. Well, <laughs> let me get back on poop. But it's true. Like, who cares if you're eating 140 grams of protein every day, if you're not digesting, if you're not breaking it down to get the amino acids that are actually going to build and repair the muscle, like Lisa talked about. So this is why if you're, if you are consistently hitting your macros for whatever your goal is, but you're not seeing or feeling the benefit of that, I think that's a really good indicator. There might be something going on with my guts. Well, and then the other thing we always talk about, we just started the podcast talking about it, perimenopause. Yeah. Why is this so important then in perimenopause? Because you and I did a whole course on this Yeah. in, in, in our training. So why, in your words, why do you think gut health is so important in perimenopause? I mean, gut health is just tied so tightly to overall health. And we know in perimenopause with all of our hormones shifting, everything in our body shifting Yeah. and our gut microbiome tends to be one of those places that get hit by this. And, you know, going back to, we're talking about fully eliminating. If you are not fully eliminating every day, you know, your body is trying to push out the extra, the excess estrogen, right? And, but if you're not pooping, you're going to reabsorb it. We know in perimenopause, it's very easy to be in estrogen dominance, Yes, you know, and maybe fully pooping every day is what gets you out of that condition not saying yes or no, but it's, it can be a contributing factor there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like we are already, once we enter perimenopause, we're already inflamed because of all of these shifts going on. We already have that tendency to be inflamed and, and under chronic stress. So then when you pile gut stuff onto this, and like Lisa said, so many of our clients are estrogen dominant because the ratios of the hormones are going down. 
So even if your estrogen isn't estrogen isn't as high as it was when you were in your 30s, it's still way higher in comparison than the other two hormones. And so if we're not getting rid of that estrogen, that could be why your breasts are tender and sore and you have the skin stuff, like all of this, these other signs of estrogen dominance. I'm trying to think of what the other signs of estrogen dominance are, Lisa. Can you think of any others? Not off the top of my head. I was just thinking what you said, like how we're already inflamed because of the fluctuating hormones. So if we're already inflamed, that means our gut is also inflamed. Yeah. And if our gut's inflamed, now that starts, you know, not being able to absorb food, maybe we start to have a leaky gut, you know, which leads to other issues. I mean, a leaky gut can eventually lead to possibly having autoimmune issues because food particles and things that aren't supposed to be in our blood are getting in our blood. And, you know, even mood, right? We know that so many of our neurotransmitters are made in our gut. I mean, as we lose our progesterone, we, you know, if our gut's not making the other, you know, uh, serotonin and other things, then, you know, it's just going to snowball. It, it really is, you guys. Like, we, we, we aren't even thinking about it. Like, we are more focused on the physical things we can see with the estrogen dominance. I mean, it's that weight gain in the middle, hair loss. I'm raising my hand for hair loss because that was the thing that really kicked me into action. And I want to talk about that real quickly because Lisa and I are all about lifestyle. We are all about it. But there are some times when you could be doing most of the right things, all of the right things, but you do need some outside intervention. That's where Lisa comes in with the gut. Maybe you need to work on hormone stuff with the functional medicine practitioner. Like nutrition and lifestyle will move mountains, but sometimes there are other things that need to, to happen. But back to that estrogen dominance, like irregular periods, the mood swings, the bloating we talked about, unexplained weight gain, fatigue. I mean, there is no... These are the symptoms that people think about when they are thinking about perimenopause. And it's because so many women are in that estrogen dominant state. But yeah, that anxiety and those mood swings is nothing to mess with. No. Friends, you're not crazy, right? None of our clients are crazy. You're just going no. through a hard time. It's wild. Did you have any mood swings, Lisa? Yes. That is what pushed me into action. The men are rage. Like I say I'd be able to hold it together at work all day. But then by the time I got home, I was just so awful to my family that I couldn't even take myself anymore. Like, gosh, like yeah. they don't deserve this. Like I'm, I'm so mean to them yeah. <laughs> and I had no control over it. Yeah. I'll never forget Pat looking at me and being like, are you, are, are you mad at me? Like, is there something that I can do? And I was like, I'm sorry, this is not me but I cannot control it either. Like it's like an out of body experience almost. Like I could step back and watch myself and I'm like, that's not who I want to be. Yeah. Uh, it's not who I am. But uh, yes, the hair loss and the mood swing was definitely, <laughs> mama needs some help. <laughs> so Lisa, as people are listening to this and I know they're all like, oh, I need to do this. I need to work with Lisa. Um how can they work with you? How should they reach out to you? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, you could reach out to me on Instagram. You could reach out to me through the elemental coaching page. We have the gut stuff there. Um, you know, it's, there's lots of ways to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm actually working on updating my website, which then will in turn get elemental updated. Cause I wanted to offer someone, if you just wanted to do the stool test, see what was going on and then get your protocol and learn what the results were and go run with it. 
could do that. Like if you don't want to do the coaching, but mm-hmm. most people want to do coaching because it's hard, like, you know, and the bad gut bacteria will mess with your brain, anxiety, brain fog, making everything worse. And sometimes you just need someone to like, hold your hand to be like, this is normal. This is what we're doing. This is what phase you're in. You know, just like we have our weekly check-ins with our nutrition clients, it would be a weekly check-in, you know, on your gut health. Yeah. So there are options, there are ways to, to work on it. And like I said, some people just might not need the test, might just want to like, let's see what I could do with diet and lifestyle and, you know, work on a little brief gut restoration, elimination diet, supplements, working on stress. Cause I feel like that is such a big component for most people that they don't realize I know. and see how far that gets you. And the stress part is hard too. Um, because I think it's, it's so intangible. Like Lisa, let's say again, I'm that client, I'm working with you. I'm doing my supplements and all this, but what are some of the things that you would have me do to help me manage my stress? Yeah. So a couple of things I usually tell my clients one, before you eat, literally take a minute, one minute and don't look at your computer, just close your eyes and breathe. You know, whether you do like box breathing or whatever, I don't care. Just like a minute, close your eyes and breathe and try to get yourself in the parasympathetic state before you start eating because you want to be able to digest your food. Mm. Um, Also, I recommend meditating, like, you know, five minutes before you go to bed, like doesn't have to be anything major, but a way to let go of the day so that you can get that good restorative sleep. So I feel like most of the women we deal with, which, you know, was, I was one of them, you know, I can handle it. You know, I got under control. I can handle it, but your body is absorbing all that stress and you don't even realize it just because mentally you think you got it. Doesn't mean that physically your body's happy dealing with all this. Yeah. It's so true. And I know what the women are going to say too, because you're the same woman that's eating her breakfast on the way to work and you're responding to emails while you're eating lunch. I don't have time. I don't have time to do that. Well, it's kind of one of those things. Like if you don't take the time now, something is going to force you to take the time. And you know, whatever that might be, it could be a real gut issue, like a serious, serious gut issue. It could be, I don't know what else, but it's like, I think sometimes people don't think they're worthy of slowing down or that I don't know, Lisa. It's- I think sometimes you're so locked into like, these are all the things I have to do. This is how I'm doing it. Like, it's hard to take a step back and be like, how else could I be doing this? Like, where can I fit in the time? What can I move around? Like, how can I make it work? Again, and sometimes that's where a coach can help. They could get you out of your head and like kind of look at the big picture for you. Yes. I Yes. Like if you're listening to this too and you're like, I just don't see where. So that is the number one reason I personally invest in coaching. So I started working with someone this year and I'm like, because I know what I'm doing is not working, but I can't see a way out of it. I don't know what else to do. That is why we have coaches. It's going to save you so much time, so much heartache and actually get you the results. So like, I'm just talking about coaching in general. It is worth it. In fact, one of our clients messaged me this morning about business coaching and she was like, do you think it's worth it? I'm like, yes. I think all coaching is worth it because I can try and figure it out on my own and waste three, six months a year, or I could invest in a coach that's going to tell me, advise me, guide me what I need to do. And I'll be able to take action faster. And since time is money, it's 
it's worth it. Especially when it comes to things like our gut, when like, we don't know, we don't know about this stuff, but we don't have to know because we have Lisa. <laughs> Lisa knows. We can just work with Lisa. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you did this, Lisa. I love your passion for health and wellness and your curiosity. Were you that kid that was kind of like, well, why? Well, why? You know, I don't remember that far back. <laughs> yeah, I should probably ask my mom that at some point. Because I don't remember being that person. But yeah. somehow in my adult life, that's that's how I've turned out to be. Like, yeah, I, I just, I I'm not it. accepting anything someone said on face value. Like, well, why? Like. I need to know. I love it. See, it's so great. And you just, you just take matters into your own hands. I don't like that. I'm going to learn about it and then I can help other people. <laughs> That's exactly. cool. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for your time. I always love getting connect with you, whether it's over yeah. text or in a podcast like this. <laughs> Same. It's always fun. Yes. Okay. Have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kylie. Bye-bye. Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of Far From Perfect. Again, make sure you check out Lisa on our Elemental Coaching page and on Instagram that is at The Elemental Coaching or of course her own personal Instagram, which is at Lisa M. DeLuca. And remember, if you would like to support the podcast, honestly, every little thing helps you guys. And there are several ways that you can support myself and the podcast without being a current client. In fact, someone asked me this recently. She said, Kylie, I'm, I'm learning so much from you. I've done your program. I'm flying on my own, but I still want to support you. What can I do? And I wasn't sure how to respond because I hadn't thought about that. But truly, you guys, shopping with these links that I include in the show notes, that is, in a, that is an amazing way to support myself and the podcast. So you hear these every single week, but Outwork Nutrition Supplements, you know I am not a huge supplement person, but I do use pre-workout and I do use creatine and I get both of them from Outwork Nutrition. So of course I'm an affiliate and I do get a little bit of a kickback, but I want to explain why I am aligned with them. This is because, and it has to do with what I'm talking about right now. This has to do with the fact that this is Lane Norton's company and Lane Norton's coaching changed my life. I worked with him one-on-one and that's where I learned the process of reverse dieting and he changed the trajectory of my coaching, my life, and my body. And that is why I support these products because there's a million pre-workouts, but I know I trust him. I am grateful for him and I'm not working with him now, but this is how I continue to support him. Self-tanner, you guys, you're not fat. (laughs) You just need a tan. So go to glowpro.com and use my code Larson to save, of course, my beauty counter products, beautycounter.com slash Kylie Larson. And guess what, y'all? Our original CEO, the founder of Beauty Counter is back. And that means Beauty Counter is going to be better than ever. So those are just a few ways that you could support myself in the podcast. Of course, share this with your friends, share it on your social media. I appreciate you being here and I will talk to you next week.